الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي دروس الله respected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. In the last session of Darsi Hadith, we covered the final onslaught of the Muslim army where Musaylamatul Kazab's army was completely defeated. The famous garden, Hadikatul Maut, the garden of death, this fight between Ahle Haq and Ahle Batil was the most ferocious, vicious and bloodiest in the history of Islam. Just in one day, as many as 10,000 Kuffar were killed, Sayyidatul Kazab's army, in the Garden of Death, Hadikatul Maut, where they were trapped and Muslims also received a heavy loss. 1,200 great warriors, Mujahideen, were shaheed. And amongst them, what was extremely painful for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq at that time, who was the Khalifa, that 70 or 80 of them were most famous Qurra and Hufaz close companions to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they also became Shaheed <coughs> it is at this moment after the event of the Battle of Yamama Hazrat Umar Farooq said to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that we need to compile all the different parts and portions of the Quran which are scattered and to unify everything in a book form uh, I think we have covered that Jama'ah of the Qur'an in the time of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. Nevertheless, when the fight was over, later on when some of the people of Banu Hanifa, that is the tribe of Musaylamatul Kazab, when they met up with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an was just amazed to see some of the people in the tribe to have a great understanding learned people they did hear of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he was amazed that how could someone follow Musaylamatul Kazab so he said to some of the people that were there read to me some of the verses which Al-Iyazu Billah Musaylama said that it was a revelation that came to him so some of them from Banu Hanifa said that Amirul Mu'mineen it is better that 
you just leave that out. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq insisted. He said, no, I want to hear that what made your entire tribe in the northern part of Arabia follow this man, Musaylam al Kazab. So some of them read some of the so-called verses that the shaitan had inspired him. What he would do is he would imitate and uh, change some of the verses of the Qur'an. For an example, someone said to him that Surah Al-Kawthar was revealed to Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which is Inna A'atainaka Al-Kawthar Fasalli li Rabbika Wanhar Inna Shani'aka Huwal Abtar Here Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala talks about Huzul Alayhi Salatu Wasalam's honor that Allah has given him the fountain of Kawthar so what Musaylama would do, he would say, well, similar words and revelation have also come to me. Like I told you that it is a 50-50% share. And he said to me, the verses that were revealed was, Inna a'atainaka al-miftah, fasalli li rabbika wartah, fasalli li rabbika wartah. And this is what the kuffar have been doing. <coughs> what they do is they <coughs> change the words of the Qur'an, from one ayah to another ayah and <clears throat> just produce something which has no significance, no meaning which does not fit the Arabic grammar at all and there's always a group of people out there that is prepared to pick up any rubbish that you throw on the streets so anything that's out there they're prepared to pick up so you always have that following and Musaylamatul Kazab he, he also had a jinn in him, he would mesmerize people, like I said that when he would speak, he would hypnotize people. And he had a massive following from all those that claimed prophethood. He had the biggest following in Arabia at that time. Hazrat Amr ibn al when he was not a Muslim, he met up with Musaylamatul Kazab and said to him that, read for me some of the verses that you claim is a revelation to you. And he looked at Musaylamatul Kazab. Now, the Arabs were also well versed in the Arabic language. And he says, Oh, the verse is revealed to me is, Ya Wabar, Ya Wabar, Fa'innaka Iznani wa Sadr. So Hazrat Amr ibn al As looked at him and said to him, You know and I know that you are a liar. <laughs> you know and I know that you are a liar. And Musaylamatul Kazab just looked at Amr ibn al-As. But yet you see, like I said, you have a lot of juhala. People will just flock to you. Anything you give them, they, they are prepared. And you will have a following. This is what a lot of people have done in the subcontinent who have become so-called peer and who have taken advantage of the Muslims and have set up their own empires and they have their own personal bodyguards and an army subhanallah it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that protects just to give you one example why people would follow Musaylamatul Kazab there was this old man who came to Musaylama and Musaylama said to him that you're an old man before you die believe in me that I am the messenger <coughs> and Allah will give you Jannah <coughs> So this old man said that, I'm not going to believe you like that. Give me proof 
show me proof so that I can believe you and he read some verses again which he made up in the Arabic language and this old man said that the truth is I know what you have read in front of me is all lies but I would rather believe a liar but from my tribe than a truthful man but from Quraysh do you understand what I'm saying brothers? this is how the mentality was very much into tribalism if, it, if there was a man from their tribe they would not look at what is haq or what is wrong, what is ba'fil they, they are prepared to follow him, why? because he is one amongst us and Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam is a Qurayshi and Musaylamatul Kazab is from the tribe of Banu Hanifa so they were people who, are, who were prepared to believe Musaylamatul Kazab and that is how he won the hearts of his people he had the quality as, a, as an individual he did have this great power of uh, speech Jarbe Lisan a great orator when he would speak he would make sure that he would force people to believe in him that was how he would speak a bit like <clears throat> Adolf Hitler they say that he was a great speaker also and that he would practice his speech uh, in an area where there was empty space a massive empty space and there would probably be boxes empty boxes there, and he'd imagine it to be a lot of people in front of him and he would practice his speech and that is how he started and people would listen to him who probably not even seen Hitler in front of in front of their eyes but yet when he would speak they would believe him so this is not the deal of someone being a truthful person this is just again everything gift comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have Muslims who are wealthy you also have kuffar who are wealthy Muslims who have good character and you might even find non-Muslims who have good character so nevertheless <coughs> victory was with the Muslimin it was Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala at the end that took the Muslims all the way to victory by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allama Tabari rahmatullah alayhi says that Khalid bin Walid was such a mujahid he was so strong that when he would be out there in the front the words of Allama Tabari in the Arabic language is Ya'kulu kullu shay Ya'kulu kulli shay that he would eat up anything that was in front of him so there was nothing that would stand in front of Azrat Khalid bin Walid and he was the one who broke that that wall that was there covering Musaylamatul Kazab when I say eat everything I mean that he would just remove everyone and kill everyone that was at sight this is how courageous how powerful Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala he was a great warrior a great mujahid the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Asadullah this was a title that Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had given to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala inshallah in tonight's session I just want to go over some of the shuhada of this battle of Yamama the first shaheed Sabit bin Qas radiallahu ta'ala Sabit bin Qas a great mujahid he was the Amir of 
the Ansar in this battle of Yamama if you recall he was the one who dug a hole and he put himself inside and he said to his people that there is no army in the world that is going to push me back I am going to fight from here so Hazrat Fabit bin Qais radiallahu ta'ala an was also a shaheed in this battle a great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one particular incident with regards to the shahadat of Hazrat Fabit bin Qais is that when he passed away someone saw a dream a companion that Hazrat Fabit bin Qais came to him and said to him that I have a very special valuable shield uh, and that shield has been taken by so and so Muslim and he has placed my shield near the near his saddle so what I want you to do is to go and take my shield and present that shield to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and tell Hazrat Khalid bin Walid to give this shield to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and tell Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq to sell my shield and the money that he receives he has to pay to so and so person because I owe them that much of money uh, that is the debt on me on so and so person so what I want you to do is to sell my shield and pay off my debt Allahu Akbar and in the dream Qais bin Sabit said that make sure don't think that this dream is just something trivial that you don't pay any attention to it this is something very very serious for me so do exactly what I tell you to do and when he woke up exactly instructions that were given to him he found the shield exactly where Hazrat Fabid bin Qais told him and he took it to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid Hazrat Khalid bin Walid took the shield this was his karamat and he took it to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq eventually sold that shield and he paid off on behalf of Hazrat Zaid bin Qais Sabid bin Qais ta'ala an. this is his karamat again one thing we learn from the hadith is how important it is to repay the people now it's not just about taking money and that is it forget about it if you take money from someone then it is important that you repay that person this is uh, the, the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam now even being a great mujahid because this was hukuk al-ibad and he had that shield with him subhanallah even by the means of dreams as a sabit bin Qais radiallahu ta'ala an subhanallah wanted to free himself from that burden that was upon him another thing what we have to understand is also that when your tongue is sidq as in a truthful tongue if you speak the truth then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show you dreams that are of a true nature which have a lot of meanings so if you are truthful, if you speak the truth then the dreams you see are also truthful and also have a meaning that is why um, if you read the kutubs you will notice that 
mujahideen, those who fight in the path of Allah in jihad, this is one unique group that whenever they sleep, Allah blesses them with a dream. Why? Because they are so truthful that they have no love for this dunya. They have sacrificed their family members, their children, their wealth, everything that belongs to them. And they are prepared to give up their own life for the sake of Allah. So, subhanAllah, one can imagine how sincere that person must be. That is why many of them in that condition always have this great maqam that they see Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam in their dreams. Sahabai kiram ajma'een were all mujahids and mujahideen. And it was always the habit of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that after Fajr Salah, he would look at them and would say to them, has any one of you seen a dream? And Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam would listen to their dreams and would give them a meaning. So majority of the mujahideen. That is why it is very difficult to understand the thinking of that person who has spent all his life in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because what he sees is something completely different from what we see we live in Leicester we have a car to travel we have everything there we have a luxurious life so we can't imagine how it is for them so we don't know how it feels when the companions were saying that Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba that I can see all the doors of Jannah open in front of me, completely open in front of me. This is only the sifat of Mujahideen. Subhanallah al-Azim. Nobody can understand that. We can only speak. So the Mujahideen, alhamdulillah, they have great honor. That is why Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, Subhanallah al-Azim, when someone passed away also, they would rank him by his position in jihad. That is he from the Sahaba who were present in Badr, in Uhud, in Khandak. And this is how each of the companions were ranked. So if somebody would say something, the companion would say, beware what you speak. Why? Because he's a Badri Sahabi. This is what they would say. He's a Badri Sahabi. And what is a Badri Sahabi? the companions that were with Huzur alayhi salatu was salam in Badr so their rank was very high and another sahabi also was Hazrat Tufail al-Dawlasi he said to his son one day that oh my son your father will become shaheed because I have seen a dream and shahadat was given to him in this battle of Yamama he says that in my dream I saw that someone came and he shaved my head and after that I saw a bird flying out from my mouth and this is dream again bird flying out from the mouth and then after that I was swallowed in the womb of this lady that was in front of me going back into the womb this is a dream so he said to his son that this is my shahadat so he the son said father how is this your shahadat he said that my head being shaven is uh, uh, the, the meaning of it is that I will be shaheed and the bird that, that comes out from my mouth is the ruh that will come out from my body and that someone, a, a womb, I'm swallowed back into the womb of this lady means that I will be buried, I will be 
buried. And exactly this is what happens with Hazrat Tufail al-Dawlasi in the battle of Yamama. So a lot of the great companions were shaheed. One great Sahabi again was the brother of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala whose name was Hazrat Zaid bin Khattab. He was very very close to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala it is said that when news came to Hazrat Umar Farooq, Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an was with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an was pleased, of course, that the brother has, subhanallah, got that maqam, that ranking of shahadat. He is a shaheed. But he would remember him frequently. It is said when the wind would blow from the northern side of Madinatul Munawwara, Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab would say that I remember my brother why the battle took place in Yamama which was in northern Arabia. So he would frequently remember Hazrat Zaid bin Khattab. He would say that my brother had the quality and he beat me in two things. He was a great man. He said that Zaid embraced Islam before me, before Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an, and he said that Allah gave him shahadat before me. So these are the two qualities that my brother has superseded me in. And not to forget that the son of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab was also in this battle of Yamama whose name was Hazrat Abdullah. Hazrat Abdullah, he returned back with Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an. And when he came back to Madinatul Munawwara, what would we do when, when we see someone alive coming back, we would embrace him and we would say alhamdulillah, we would make a lot of dua, Allah Paz, take you Sahih Salim and you come back Sahih Salim. And Hazrat Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala was a different man, when he saw his son, Hazrat Abdullah, he called his son and he said, he said to him, how dare you come in front of me alive? Which father would say that to his son? Uh, only Umar ibn al-Khattab. How dare you come in front of me alive? Your uncle is shaheed and you are alive. Subhanallah al-Azim. These were mujahids. فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى ذَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَذِرُ Every drop of blood was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their sincerity, their khulus, Subhanallah. The Quran praises them in every para. So Abdullah comes to his father and he said, Oh my dear father, I tried very hard. Uh, I even went right in the front. But it was not in my taqdeer, in my muqaddar, oh my dear father. Maybe Allah has reserved this shahadat for another day for me. So please excuse me. Please excuse me. And when Hazrat Umar Farooq heard this from him, he says, okay. But my tamanna was that you would have achieved that great maqam, what Allah has given to your uncle, Hazrat Zaid bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. These were Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, full of khulus. 
Another Sahabi was the brother of Hazrat Zaid bin Khattab. Now when I say brother, this was the brotherhood that Huzur alayhi salatu was salam made between Ansar and Muhajir. So Hazrat Zaid bin Khattab was a Muhajir Sahabi and Huzur alayhi salatu was salam said to Hazrat Ma'an bin Uday that you are an Ansari, you are the brother of Zaid bin Khattab. And they took this literally when Huzur alayhi salam would say brothers that would mean brothers in, in everything, that would even mean that they would inherit something from him if something was to happen. But this was later on abrogated. So both of them were the best of friends and also brothers. And they were so close to each other that Allah kept them together all the time. Both of them were also shaheed at the same time on the same day. Hazrat Zaid bin Khattam and Hazrat Ma'an bin Uday. In the books of history, one uh, statement which Hazrat Ma'an bin Uday made is very famous. Hazrat Ma'an bin Uday, when Huzur alayhi salatu was salam passed away, a lot of the companions were in that state of shock. And some of them said that it would have been better for us to die than to see this day that Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam has passed away. Ma'an bin Uday was the only Sahabi who spoke out loudly in front of all the companions. He says, this is something which I don't wish. I would want to stay alive even after the death of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are steadfast like how we were steadfast in the time of Rasulullah even after his death we are firm to his deen and to his teachings. So this was a very famous statement that came from Hazrat Ma'an bin Uday radiallahu ta'ala Another great Sahabi who was also Shaheed, subhanallah, was Hazrat Abu Dujjana. Hazrat Abu? Now Abu Dujjana was an incredible character. He was the hero of Badr. The man who was so brave, he put on a red band on his head and he took his sword out. And from one end to, a, to the other end where the kuffar were, he would lift up his chest with his sword and he would march in front of them. And he would march in a very arrogant way. And he would speak out and he would say, Dujjana is ready for you. Oh disbelievers, Dujjana is ready for you. And I am waiting for you. And Dujjana is ready for you. This was the iman they had. So some of the companions says Abu Dujana, this is an arrogant walk that you walk in this way. In Islam walking in that manner is not right. You should be humble. And this news reached Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that it is true that in the case of uh, the, the style, the method of how Abu Dujana walks, this is uh, arrogance, pride, and it is not allowed for anyone of the ummah to walk in this manner but Allah has informed me for Abu Dujana it is jayis to walk like this SubhanAllah what great companion it is jayis for Abu Dujana to walk like this why? to instill fear in the hearts of the kuffar this is what Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that when you do tawaf of the Kaaba mushrikeen in Makkah was sitting on the mountains and they would say you see the heat of Makkah has proven 
uh, has proven to be too great for the Muslimin, they can't bear the heat and now the Muslims are very weak. So Abu said, no, put your ihram, take it out, show your right arm and march like soldiers. March like soldiers. So when you do tawaf, this is what you do, you march like soldiers. And this is only for men, not for women. Although nowadays some of the women do want to march like soldiers and they can push you out. But it is only for men. Subhanallah. So Abu Dujana was that great Sahabi who also was shaheed in this battle of Yamama. Now, we can't forget Abu Dujana. Why? Abu Dujana has got a share of Musaylamatul Ghazab. Now, there were a lot of people whose aim and target was Musaylama. One of them was also Abu Dujana. So some of them have said that Musaylamatul Ghazab was killed by Hazrat Rahshi radiallahu ta'ala an and other companions which we had mentioned. But Abu Dujana also had his fair share of attacking Musaylamatul Kazab. So these are great companions of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Abbad radiallahu ta'ala an was another Sahabi who fought on that day very courageously and uh, he was a brave soldier. In fact, whenever people remember the day of Yamama, an example was given of Hazrat Abbad bin Bishr radiallahu ta'ala an, that the day belonged to Abbad bin Bishr. Now Abbad bin Bishr was a Sahabi who, who got shahadat in the battle of Yamama. It is said about Hazrat Abbad bin Bashir that once Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in Masjid Rabwi in the night and he was in the hujra of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam heard beautiful recitation of the Quran in the masjid. So Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Hazrat Aisha, Ya Aisha, is this not Abbad bin Bishr reciting the Quran? And Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala an, after listening to the Qiraat said, Ya Rasulullah, I think it is Abbad bin Bishr that is reciting the Quran. So Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam at that time said, Rahimahullah, that may Allah have mercy on him. May Allah have? Now, whenever the words of mercy would come out from the mouth of Rasulullah, that would mean in the language of the companions that shahadat will be with him. So if Huzur alayhi salam said, Bay Allah tum par raham kare, Sahaba knew that this man will become shaheed. For them, the greatest raham and mercy in the language of the companions and in and in the language of the Quran and Hadith, the words that came out from Rasulullah that may Allah have mercy meant that may Allah give you shahadat because shahadat is the greatest mercy. And he knew that these are the words that came out from the mouth of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shahadat is with him. It is said that in one of the battles, one of the Ansari Sahabi who would uh, prepare the nasheed for the battles and Allah had given him that voice and he would sing with the Muslimin like Hassan bin Sabit to give them that power to fight the Muslimin and even the camels and the horses that were there. And they had this special manner of reciting poetry. So there was this one Ansari Sahabi who was doing 
the reading, the nasheed, and Wuzur alayhi salam looked at him and said, Subhanallah, Allah has given him a beautiful voice. And Wuzur alayhi salam said, May Allah show mercy to him. May Allah show. And Hazrat Umar Farooq, Hazrat Umar Farooq came to Wuzur alayhi salam, Ya Rasulallah, for this Ansari Sahabi, great man, beautiful voice. We wanted him to stay alive for a long time. Huzur alayhi salam says, no, may Allah have mercy. Hazrat Umar Farooq says, he be, Hazrat Umar Farooq says that he was shaheed straight away. He got shahadat straight away. Subhanallah. And imagine, Huzur alayhi salatu was salam was on, the, on the, one of the mountains and the mountain uh, started to, to move. A tremor that was there. An earthquake. Huzur alayhi salatu was salam was there and Abu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Uthbut that whilst the Nabi is on top of you and this is your condition Uthbut be firm فَإِنَّ عَلَيْكَ نَبِيٌّ وَالسِّدِّيقٌ وَالشَّهِيدَانِ that on top, of you, on top of you is a Nabi and a Siddiq and he said two Shaheed and two Shaheed who is the Nabi? Rasulullah who is the Siddiq? So Siddiq was never to be shaheed because his nisbat was with Huzur alayhi salam. So the kuffar could never say, you see, that we assassinated him. So his nisbat was with Hazrat Rasulullah. So his condition was different because he was a Siddiq. And then Huzur alayhi salam says, was shaheedan and the two shaheed, Amr ibn al-Khattab and who else? Hazrat Asman radiallahu ta'ala. And the companions knew this is prophecy. Hazrat Umar Farooq knew very well that these are the words that came out from Rasulullah and shahadat will be given to me. Aap log Brothers are tired? I think you're tired. Well, I was just going to talk about Hazrat Khalid bin Walid's nikah. But inshaAllah ta'ala will continue with this in the next session. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq to make amal on what has been said. Inshaallah. What these are just some of the companions. What happens to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an? We will inshallah cover that in the next session. Wa akhiru dawana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Duakallah. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammadin Nabiyyil Ummi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawwabu rahim Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa wal-afiyyata fi dunya wal-akhira Allahumma inna nasaluka min rizaka wal-jannah wa na'udhu bika min nadabika wal-nar wa na'udhu bika min nadabika wal-nar sami'ina wa ta'ana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir bi rahmatika ya rahmatullahi